Life is as difficult as it needs to be. Why would you try to have success alone? Why not find a community of people that really want you to succeed, that really want to support you and help you find success in your life? If you've failed, if you've messed up, if you've made every mistake possible and are searching for ways to bounce back after you've lost everything, after you've had failures in your life, this is the podcast for you. And more importantly, this is the community for you. This is the place where you go to, to try to make a difference again, to try to bounce back again, to try and have massive success again. This is the community for you. Hey everyone, this is Chris Decker, your guest host for today on the Let's Be Frank podcast. Today for this inaugural episode, I'm going to be digging into the story of Brad Himmel, your host for this journey and this season and this adventure that's about to take place, this this starting point. Brad, you've told me that you've been putting this off for a long time. Why get started now? Um, yeah, I have put it off. I, I think... Um the reason I've put it off is because I, and I don't say this selfishly, I have a feeling it's going to be a very, very big deal. Um, the last time I got attention, I was called on stage in front of 5,000 people. So the last time I told my story, it, it took off pretty quickly. So I've been, I've been scared to death because it is very difficult to expose yourself, be vulnerable and, tell people your deepest, darkest fears. So, um, but the last time I did get up scared to death, shaking nervous in front of 5,000 people and Tony Robbins, if you've never met Tony Robbins, he is one of the most intimidating people to me because he is just such a force of life. Hmm. He's just a massive human for one, but he also has this energy that just like can dominate a room of 15,000 people. So I, I felt like I almost have to do this because last time I did this, there was 5,000 people that were just like sobbing, crying, um, and, and, and stories like you would never believe some people saying like, you know, I have three boys. I thought I was coming to this event to kill myself and hearing you share how much you love your father it made me think about all my boys and for the first time in my life, like I don't even want to experience the rest of this event. I want to go to my family. I cannot thank you enough. You saved my life. And all I did was get up there, share a few bad jokes and share my story of like how difficult my life's been for the last three years. And, and within three, three hours, 5,000 people were running up to me saying, you saved my life. You changed my life. Um, I can remember talking to Sean White, the snowboarder and people would come up to me and ask Sean to take photos of me and that person. And it's like, this is Sean White. He's won 11 freaking gold medals or however many it is. Like, why do you, and it was, but that's how powerful when you like open up and be vulnerable and share your story. Um, and I felt like enough is enough. Like I just have to do this podcast. 
Can you take me back to that day? You got yeah. called up on stage. You know, what What brought you there? What What happened? Well, you have to give credit where credit's due. Uh, there's a there's two really important people that kind of made it happen. Um, I had the worst business experience you could ever imagine. Um, it was similar to someone sticking a fork in your stomach and just twisting it and twisting it and twisting it for a year. It was so painful. But out of that pain became a blessing. I had to get an attorney. And that attorney was a guy by the name of Sean Callagy, um, who, if you don't know Sean, he has more integrity of anybody I've ever met in my life or worked with. He's just a, f a beautiful, beautiful human, a phenomenal man. And so I had Sean became my attorney and then uh, ended up helping me tremendously, you know, put a Band-Aid on a horrible situation. But Sean did something, and I don't know if Sean truly knows this, but he introduced me to a guy by the name of David Dean, whose family was affected by suicide. And he, David said he had heard the story of like me trying to honor my father and build this business. And he said, I'm going to get your dad a ticket to date with destiny. Will you call him and see if he'll go? And I called my dad and I said, Hey, will you go to date with destiny? And my dad wasn't suicidal. He was just looking for ways to provide for his family because um, he had a bad business deal that just went sideways really quickly and he lost a lot and he was in his head like, how am I going to support my family? How am I going to provide for my family? And he felt like the only way he could was to take his life and give my mom and my 14 year old brother at the time the life insurance policy. So, so that wasn't suicide, which I thought it was for a while, and which developed a lot of resentment and anger within me. And it turns out he was just, he didn't know what to do. He was just suffering so badly. Um, so, um, so David Dean calls me, um, says, will you call your dad and see if he'll go? My dad said, yeah, I'll go. David Dean goes, I'll call you back. He calls me back within... 30 minutes. I can remember sitting in the parking lot, David calling me saying, um, I got your dad a ticket to date with destiny. And I just, for 20 minutes was sobbing, crying. Cause I, right when he said that I go, I visualized immediately. I go, I'm going to be on stage with Tony Robbins. I know it. I don't know why I knew that, but I experienced it as if it had already happened. And my dad and I drive down, uh, to Palm beach. And within three hours, Tony Robbins has got my dad and I on stage in front of 5,000 people. Um, and what was interesting is I, I talked to people that had done 35 different Tony Robbins events, had done, you know, seven different Tony Robbins events, and they had never seen a male to male intervention ever at a Tony Robbins event, nor had they seen an intervention on stage. And that told me a couple things. First, men are so horrible at being vulnerable because you have to be the man and you have to roll up your sleeves and you got to provide for a family. And mm -hmm. what we did that night is like we were just like sobbing, crying, like just saying like, you know, I screwed up. And he was like, I screwed up. 
and I'm sorry, and I'm sorry. And we were just going back and forth, and it was just like, oh, I'm so sorry I did that. I'm so sorry I was so angry for so long. And my dad just like, I'm sorry I, I gave up on you. And it was just like, nobody does that, uh, especially today, because it's freaking hard to be vulnerable because you don't know what people are going to say. You don't know if they're going to make fun of you. And they don't, especially don't know if they're going to want to do business with you. If you go to somebody and you say, I fucked up really bad, I lost everything, I'm out of work and I don't know what to do with my life. That's not a very good resume. <laughs> mm -hmm. You have a very, very small chance of getting a job or getting to, to do work with people. So, and if you have to provide for your family, you can't afford to take that resume out into the world. So you don't see a lot of vulnerability in the world we live in because you're just going to get trashed for it. And I was scared to death the first day of date with destiny. I was shaking nervous. I never get nervous ever. Um, I've had some of the biggest meetings in my life completely calm, but I was shaking nervous talking to Tony Robbins and um, was shaking nervous on stage and I'm shaking nervous now because it's so damn difficult to expose yourself and be like, I really sucked. I've messed up so bad. Uh, I don't know what to do next. That's like really hard to, to go out and tell the world um, for a lot of reasons. So I know that's a very long winded answer, but that's kind of what that day meant for me. And to have that opportunity a second time, when you know that if, if you, if you pull into your heart and you share what's really going on, th this is a time where there, there, there is an audience that is ready. You are ready. You know, you're ready. It's, it's time to cross over that line and, and, and go for it. And sometimes getting started is just the hardest thing ever. And so this marks the point at which you are getting started. There will be a time when you are on episode 100 and people will come back and listen to this and, and they'll have an opportunity to see where things got started. What are some, what are some things that you hope this show can do for those that are listening, for those that are struggling? What parts of, what parts of your story do you want to share with them? Well, I think, the big thing for me would be don't isolate yourself when you've really screwed up. Um, it's okay to ask for help. I think um, what's, what's interesting about this, this journey, this podcast I'm starting is um, it, you're not getting access to a billionaire. You're not getting access to the CEO that's taken five companies public. You're not getting access to the guy that has hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> You're getting access to somebody that has absolutely nothing uh, to his name. So I think when people go back and listen and they say, okay, he came out and openly admitted he had nothing to monetarily wise or nothing to his name. And he said, 
what I want people to remember is, and I was lucky enough to figure this out. You can have absolutely nothing to your name and have something to give. Um, and, and the, the biggest way you could ever think possible. Um, and I don't know what clicked for me, but I figured that out. And I said, I've been through the worst experiences of my life. I've lost almost everything, but thank God I still have my family, my wife, my beautiful kid and my beautiful daughter on the way. And I have a superpower, which I think is a superpower. And that's the ability to influence and use human psychology to sell and to scale. Um, but that doesn't mean that has to be your gift. Uh, I think individually, it, it's such a cliche, but we all have completely different fingerprints, which is, it's a cliche, but it's like, it's true. We all have something really, really freaking unique about us. Um, so, and Another thing I'll say is I was fortunate enough recently to work with who I think is one of the smartest people in the world. His name's Brad Stewart. And we got connected through a friend called, uh, his name's Tom Penn, who is the CEO of LAFC, who's just a badass, one of my favorite people in the world. And I remember, you know, it wasn't working out. So Brad and I had an exit call saying, okay, this, this isn't working. We're going to go in a different direction. And we, was, the feeling was totally mutual and we, we were really happy about it. And he said, what are you going to do next? I said, I don't know, but I have to do my own thing. I have to, I have to show that I can make something of myself again. And I'll never forget this, but Brad said to me, he goes, I love the idea of you doing your own thing. He goes, some of the most successful people I've ever met in my life have lost everything. He goes, some of the most successful people I've ever met in my life have been kicked in the face and gotten back up and became billionaires, millionaires, had massive impacts in the world. He goes, I know you're going through a tough time, but you've been kicked in the face. You've lost everything. You're, you're going to be better than you ever could have imagined. And he said, just keep going. Don't worry about it. And I just thought that was, if I could summarize like what I'd want people to remember when they go back and listen, it would be that like, go get kicked in the face and find out how bad it really is not and figure out what your gift is and show yourself that you can still go accomplish something pretty extraordinary in the world. You can still go and accomplish something pretty extraordinary in the world. Yeah, it was, and again, to go back to Sean Calgary from my attorney, Unblinded and Calgary Law, he, if I learned anything of being close to that guy, it, it, it is serve, <laughs> find a way to give whoever you interact with, provide value in some way. Like if you, he, he just, and Tony Robbins is preaches this left and right. If you just focus on what you can give somebody and how you can help and how you can provide value. If you look at the people, in my opinion, that are going to have massive success out of this pandemic and going forward in, in, in the world today. It's those that just say, I I've got to provide massive value to everybody I interact with. I have to give in some capacity. Um, and because it's, 
you think about Steve Jobs said in like 1980, when he launched the Think Different commercial, he said, it's a loud world. It's a noisy world. It, we're we're going to have a very, very small opportunity for people to remember anything about us. So we have to talk about what we value the most. That was in 1980. <laughs> it's 2020. Hmm. It's so freaking loud right now. So I think the people that are going to have a lot of success are just going to be focused on value, what they can give, meaningful impact, and they will have an abundance of success. And Sean, to his credit, and Tony Robbins, to his credit, like instilled that at me. And at, although I had lost a lot and was really down on my knees, I just took seriously what they were saying about give, find a way to add value. And Sean saved my life. Tony Robbins saved my life. I, I cannot imagine where I'd be and how bad I would be suffering right now from all sorts of depression without that one focus. I think what's, what's interesting here is that you're starting this at a point where you've said like, okay, I'm someone that on paper, has nothing to give monetarily, has nothing to give um, from a worldly perspective. But if that's not true. Like you do have something to give. Your spirit is shining bright right now. Your gifts are shining bright and and your your ability to influence and to make change and to use your understanding of human psychology to move others to action you can be giving all day long. Like, like, like giving doesn't always have to be in the form of money. No, I mean, it's, you're absolutely right. It's, it's funny. I, um, there's a guy, James Preston is the weirdest, quirkiest dude you will ever meet in your life. He is just, far out there but he's hysterical he's my kind of guy and he is borderline genius and he has made a fortune off one thing and it's buying businesses he just buys old boring profitable businesses and he's made a fortune doing it i was like how come you don't tell everybody about this and he to his <laughs> right on cue had it he's like if i'm a single girl and i got a friend that's a single hot girl too and we and I find this perfect man that's beautiful and high integrity and someone I want to spend the rest of my life with. I'm not going to go tell my friend. <laughs> I'm going to go try to because <laughs> I'm going to go try to date the guy. So he's like, I'm just making so much money. I don't really, you know, I want, I don't want to tell everybody my secret. I was like, okay, but he, so he planted that seed and, um, but he he. He, he didn't tell you exactly how to do it. So I, I said, I, I have to find the resources to get into buying businesses because it's such a simple way to, to make a fortune and without a lot of work. And there's a guy by the name of Roland Frazier who offers a mastermind. Um, and it's super, super expensive to get into. And it's very exclusive and he's very picky and you got to go through all sorts of stuff. Um, and if anybody doesn't know Roland Frazier, you need to look the guy up. I've, Tony Robbins at a live event will provide more value than you could ever experience. 
Um, it, there's no such thing as more value at a live event than a Tony Robbins event. But if you get involved in a course with Roland Frazier, I've never seen so much value provided for such a, for a price, but he had a mastermind that was extremely expensive. And I really wanted to get into this business buying, but there was no way in the world I could afford his mastermind. But going back to what you're saying, you always have something to give that. And there was something he wanted. There was something I could give him. I didn't know what it was, but I was going to find out. And I just kept asking him, I go, can I get into the mastermind if I do this? He's like, no. I was like, what if I do this? He's like, no. I was like, what if, what about this? He said, no. And we went on for a week like that. And then I read an article that he's obsessed with wine. And I said, what are some wines you're obsessed with? And because my wife is in the business and he said, so-and-so and he listed some wines. I said, okay, if I could get you access to old Sparky, which is made by Schrader, which is next to impossible to get, will you let me in the class? He said, first of all, nobody can get it. He said, second of all, yes, if you can get it, I'll let you in my class. So I had pull a favor with my wife. I was like, Hey, can you give me access to this? And sure enough, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll get you the bottles you requested. Will you let me in the class? And then we got in, I got into the class for a bartership basically. Um, so that there's always something that somebody else needs that you can potentially offer if you just keep looking and keep trying to find what it is that gift that you have and what they want. Um, so yeah, you, you always, no matter what, have something to give. It almost makes, this is an assertion on my part. It almost makes money irrelevant, you know, and we describe money as a currency. And to me, currency implies a current, a flow of energy um, is if we can tap into that same flow of energy and exchange to give our gifts and our talents, this natural innate Thing that we were literally born with that we're going to spend the rest of our life trying to figure out what it is uh, while we're while we're over here trying to trade on Wall Street or trying to build that business or trying to do this it's been sitting in front of us this whole time yeah and I like Mike Rowe's approach to this I don't know if you know Mike Rowe the, the dirty jobs guy <laughs> uh, now that now that you mentioned his project yes <laughs> he has a he hasn't a philosophy that I love. So he has, you know, we're ignoring the 6.8 million jobs that are available today. The plumbers, the HVAC guys, the construction workers, and he has a whole nonprofit dedicated to filling that gap. He's like, because of the rise of valuations with the Facebooks, the SaaS companies, it's not sexy to go out and be a plumber anymore. And he wants to fix that. <laughs> now, I don't necessarily agree with, he says, there's no such thing as finding your passion. So I agree 99.9% .9 of almost everything he says, except for there is no such thing as fashion, find your passion. I think when you find something you were born to do, it, it, it you just can't escape it. Um, but he does pointedly very well say, and short, get off your ass, get to work, start making money. And, and find a way to, to have an impact in the world. Like stop searching, like looking up to the stars for what is your gift, what is your passion. Mm. And I think that it's hard to do because what if I'm not good enough? What if people won't like me? What if I 
go get made fun of because I'm a plumber or whatever. So mm -hmm. it is difficult to do, but at the same time, it's like it in TD Jakes, who is my second favorite public speaker ever. He's a pastor in Texas, but he says it too. He goes, if you start to do something and it's not the thing, it will lead to the thing that is the thing. <laughs> I'd love that. So it, it's kind of like, I got stuck in that a little bit. It's like, Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? And I thank God for Scott Martin introducing me to you guys and saying like, enough is enough. Just get out there and try and expose yourself. Give it a shot. You might, you'll probably fail in some capacity, but you'll get a lot of feedback and you'll be very, very excited because you're trying to do something and it may lead to the thing. Hmm. I'm a big proponent of startup culture and startup philosophy, specifically like the lean startup, which is going out with an MVP and getting feedback as fast as possible. If people go back and look at the first, like my episodes today now are very high quality. I've gotten better at my interview practice. Um, notice how I said practice. I've, I've like, I've, I've reached what I, I, I believe I am a good podcaster now. If I go back to my first episodes is terrible. The quality sucks. I'm asking awful questions. Uh, it's not engaging whatsoever. However, that's fine. Like some, if sometimes if, if you're not embarrassed of version one, then you waited too long to get it out. And that's a, just something personally that I hold. Now I, I want to paint a picture for those that are listening of what to expect from this show. What kind of people are you going to be bringing on? What kind of topics are you going to be discussing? And you know, what, what kind of impact do you hope to make? Well, I, um, I, Eddie Murphy is to me, this, the best comedian of all time. He's so underrated. I've never cried laugh so hard as when I saw delirious and I saw him on who to me, what was the best interviewer ever, which was James Limpton. The guy spends 11 days researching his guest, 11 days straight, 11 hours a day. And, it, and the actual interview is seven hours long, and they condense it into 30 minutes. And he interviews the best actors in the world. And Eddie Murphy, he always asks the same question to every actor. He's like, what's the advice that you would give the students? Because it's actor studios, a student, and they get to listen to the interviews live. And Eddie Murphy is, he says it perfectly. He goes, the best advice I would ever give is don't ever take advice. And he goes, I'll give you an example. I was doing a stand-up bit in Harlem. I was 14 and Roger Dangerfield or however you pronounce his name, walked up to me and said, he was at the, the, the bit and he said, kids, you're really good, but watch all the cussing. And he's like, I didn't listen to him. And he goes, I saw Roger at Saturday night live and I was at the urinal and Roger walks up to me and he goes, huh, who knew? And he's like, I just never took anybody's advice. I stuck to what I thought was best. And so I think what this podcast will do um, is, is I have a weird ability of gaining access to some of the hardest people to gain access to. Um, I want to have the absolute best on the show. And because of my father, I was taught at a very young age how to ask phenomenal questions and how to give one of the most underrated gifts in the world, which is empathetic listening. My dad 
to his credit, is one of the best listeners I've ever met in my life. And he instilled that gift in me. So I, and I recently saw Morgan Freeman on CNN with his new show. And he, he, he has a lot of challenging thoughts, but he says, we just ask the questions. So this is not a podcast to give you the seven quick tips to be a billionaire. It's like, it's a platform to say like, okay, I'm not great at a lot of things, but I'm going to ask the best possible questions from the most successful people in the world and figure out how did they get through the darkest times? How did they bounce back from losing everything? How did they overcome insane obstacles? How do they overcome depression? How do they overcome isolation? How do they find fulfillment at home when their business is suffering? Um, and, and just asking phenomenal questions to, you know, uh, we have the founder of Kajabi is coming on already. And his whole mission is to help people find out what their gift in life is. A phenomenal guy. We got Jared Yellen from Sinduit, um, who is one of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life. And he runs a company called Sinduit with 80,000 people on it. Um, I'm going to reach out to the Bill Grosses of the world, the Tony Robbins of the world, and try to just get really phenomenal guests and ask really phenomenal questions and listen. And hopefully it will help uh, a, a big audience of people. And then how about for yourself? as you're about to enroll people on this journey, starting from a baseline. So these questions that you're going to be asking, like are legitimately questions that you want to know the answers. What do you hope for, for, for yourself over this journey? How do you hope to grow? Well, it's kind of cool because it's a blank canvas. So I get to paint a brand new painting, sculpt a new, a brand new sculpture, whatever, but like a lot of these questions can become, if you started with absolutely nothing, what would you do next? If you lost your fortune today and all your businesses, what would you do next? Uh, what would you tell your wife? How would you convince your wife? Everything's going to be okay. Um, and that's going to do a lot of things. It's, it's gonna give me, exactly what I need to do to go out and reinvent and recreate myself and go make something of myself in the world. And from some of the smartest minds in the world, um, it, it's going to be fun to gain access to those types of people. Um, and I think selfishly, um, I recently took 16 personalities.com. I don't know <laughs> if you've ever taken that test, but yeah. it is, it's the most fun personality. I've taken every personality assessment you can imagine. And I've walked salespeople through everyone, but that I felt like I was reading my life story and it basically summed up to me what you're supposed to do with your life is to be an actor or to be a consultant. <laughs> um, and that, and that's all they said. Those are really only the two ways you can go, buddy. <laughs> I was like, okay. And it made so much sense because they're like, you're going to get bored if you own your own business. You need to constantly be involved in other businesses through consulting. 
Um, so selfishly, I think if I develop a big enough act audience, then selfishly, I could get some consulting clients, uh, that really need help and really effective strategies to grow, to scale. Um, I am not short of ideas on how to scale a company. I could think about how to scale a company all day, how to operate a company. I would fail miserably how to manage the finances of a company. I would fail miserably. Um, how to do accounting don't have any clue, but if you need ideas on how to grow, how to scale, how to explode revenue, that's what I love to do. I can sit there and come up with that type of stuff all day, every day. Um, so those are the two selfish reasons why I'm doing this. Wow. Just laying it all out there. And finally, a future message to yourself. You know, this, this is a time capsule after all. This is episode number one. What's a, a future message you might have for future Brad? Well, I hope to God I don't lose my moral compass. Well, I mean, let's say this takes off. We have massive success. We're invested in a ton of companies, very profitable, making a lot of money. The podcast has got millions of subscribers and the blog's got subscribers and I start to have a ton of success. The most painful thing my future self, I think would see is if I lost my moral compass, if I lost my integrity, if I mm -hmm. pretended to be something I wasn't. Um, so what I would want my future self to tell my current self is step up, take action, get out there in the world, tell your story, pray, understand that the process is going to take care of itself. You will have success and never stop being authentic, no matter how successful you get, no matter how much money you make. Um, the whole key to this, the real success of this podcast is going to be measured on staying vulnerable, telling your story so that it saves lives. So if, if I start to have success and get greedy or be fake or inauthentic and that authenticity is ripped away, then that's going to suck because then the impact's going to go down. So I think those would be the few things my future self is praying for. Hmm. I think we've reached a good closing point here and we've come along for a pretty interesting journey from the beginning of this episode, talking about that experience going up on stage with your dad in the middle of a Tony Robbins date with destiny event. You knew that it was going to happen before the event. You were standing there shaking, knowing that the next stage of your life was about to happen and you stepped into it and embraced it. And people came up to you. Um, they were passing Sean White, asking him to take a photo with him to take the photo of them with you. Um, we, we spoke about where you are today and what you hope to accomplish with this podcast, your business objectives, your impact objectives, and everything in between. Are there any closing thoughts that you have for today? One thing jumped out 
as you were talking and it's um um again td jake says this is when you go out and try to expose yourself it, you you gotta be prepared to deal with haters i think um but i think what worries most people and worries me is what is my family gonna think because huh. <laughs> you know i i didn't even talk to my dad about this you know i was kind of like just i'm just gonna go share my story i just gotta do it like i just have to do it enough is enough what if that pisses him off what if that pisses <laughs> my mom off why are you talking about your dad like dang it <laughs> like that that can sometimes hold everybody back um mm. so uh that would that'd be one thing that stands out it's like you got to go for it no matter what and i'm only telling you this because i'm telling myself that like it's time to just it's like lion king it is time <laughs> like enough is enough so uh that would be it well, you heard it first. This has been Christopher Decker, your guest host for today. Learning more about your guide for this show, Brad Himmel. He's been sharing a bit of his story and his journey and where he's at today and where he hopes this podcast goes. He hopes that this show is going to save lives. And he also hopes that this show is going to help him grow as an individual and as a giver and contributor to this world. When asked what he hopes that he does, he, he, he replied, I don't want to lose my moral compass. And I think that is so important. If you've gotten anything out of today's episode, please rate it, leave a review, let us know your thoughts and subscribe, subscribe to the show. In honor of my father's legacy and the lives he changed before social media. He has probably a full gigabyte of content in Google Drive. I don't know what that equate to, equates to, but that's a lot of hours of webinars, a lot of blogs, a book. So uh, go to the website, brademail.com, H-I-M-E-L.com, because there's just, I'm going to repurpose that, all of it. I want it everywhere. I want anybody and everybody in the world to see how phenomenal that content was uh, pre-social media.